0: We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you, because it's it's the the bottom bottom line that matters. matters.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode
2: of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On our show today, we're going to be talking about business plans. Business plans, like we discussed before, are a really important part of your business. And it is not something to be taken as, ooh, I gotta just do this one time and go forward from here. Because it is, as we've said before, A living, breathing document. But how we actually go about creating the business plan is a question that many entrepreneurs find themselves trying to figure out. Sometimes they go to consultants to do it for them. Sometimes they just find a template online and put in information. And other times people actually do it the way that it's supposed to be done. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So Daniel, Patricia, as I bring the two of you in today, let me ask you before we get into the mechanics of writing a business plan in your existing business right now, did you guys actually write a business plan before you went into your business that you have right now? And I know I'm throwing you under the bus here. <laughs>
0: no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yes, in a way I did. Um, <clears throat> I, I was going through some, uh, I, I don't know what to call it. I guess it was uh, some kind of a, a coaching program as I was trying to get started. It was, it was more along the lines of a business education program. Um, I didn't pay very much for it. Uh, so it was something that was easy for me to access. I can't even remember who it was through, what it was, what I paid, anything. It's been a while now. Um, But part of that was to walk through um, as an entrepreneur, why do you want to be in business? What's going to get you out of bed every day? Who do you want to serve? All those kinds of questions that go into a business plan. Uh, So uh, designing what your perfect day is going to be like, uh, what are you going to price your services at, some things like that. So there were some elements there of writing a business plan that I went through And for me, it was necessary because I was coming out of teaching and trying to go into business. Uh, So it was a very valuable training exercise for me to get me to think differently. Now, I can't say that it was good enough that I could go to the bank and would have been able to get a loan based on that business plan. Um, I'm not even sure really I could call it a business plan, but there was definitely some elements of planning involved. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Some elements of planning involved. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. So let's look at where a business plan is, right? What it is and what it is not. I think that that's a starting point for us to kind of look at. A lot of people put down a whole bunch of things into a document that they call a business plan what do you believe needs to be in that business plan in order for it to be a business plan as opposed to just a whole smorgasbord of stuff that's in there
0: you're gonna let me talk to this patricia (laughs) go
1: ahead okay you go first
0: So. Having just recently done this, (laughs) created a business plan, Uh, I I thought I was going to be buying a business and uh, taking it to the bank. So I I needed a bankable business plan. Um, And and by the way, let me hasten to say uh, I did not lose out on buying the business because the the financing didn't go through. (laughs) I lost out because I was too slow and somebody else bought it first. (laughs) Um, so one of the things I think that uh, a lot of small business owners do, uh, when they think they're going to start a business is they don't give a great amount of thought to how they are going to make business. I think they, they think they do. They think they say, I'm going to offer this service or I'm going to sell this and I'm going to charge this much, but to actually go into great detail about this is how much it's gonna cost me. This is where I'm gonna get my supplies from. This is where my clients are going to come from. Uh, These are my competitors who my clients could choose to use instead of me. Uh, These are the things that my clients could do instead of using my services, including doing nothing, as uh, one of our famous mentors likes to say. Uh, But to actually give it some thought of uh, what is realistic for me in terms of sales during the first month, the second month, the first 12 months uh, into the second year and the third year, how am I going to grow my sales to actually sit down and force yourself to put numbers on paper and come up with something that's realistic. I think a lot of uh, potential small business owners um, wanna be entrepreneurs who are starting out, just think, oh, well, like I did when I first got started. Okay, so I'm speaking from my experience. They just think, oh, I just need to tell everyone I'm in business. And suddenly I'll have hordes and tons of money flowing my direction. Dump trucks full of money will show up at my front door. Uh, And in in my case, most people at least do better than I do. They at least tell people they're in business. I didn't tell people I was in business. I just thought I wasn't. I told myself I was in business. And strangely, I didn't get the money coming in. Uh, I've done plenty <laughs> you of those. the didn't come? No. Nor did I get a, an envelope in the mail every day with a dollar in it.
2: <laughs> and you didn't get the guy knocking on your door with the big checks saying, congratulations, no. you.
0: Okay. <laughs> So uh, to me, that's that's a very important thing. Um, with a, a lot of the things that I do when I work with uh, business clients, the business already needs to be in motion. So there really aren't things that I can work with a startup on, but I get startup entrepreneurs talking to me frequently saying, how do I build my business? And I tell them, look, you got one job to start your business. And that is make sales as fast as possible. And if that means you have to go door to door to make it happen, you better put that in your business plan and you better commit to it.
2: Yeah. So going back on the different pieces that you were talking about. So that's your SWOT analysis, your strength, weakness, opportunities, and threat, right?
0: That's a part of it.
2: (laughs) Well, when you were saying in terms of, well, what can my potential clients do, including nothing and, you know, Mm -hmm. what's out there, things along those lines. So that's really, you know, that's a major component in the business plan, but finances need to be a major piece as well, right? When we're looking at a business plan, whether we're going to the bank or not, we need to have a forecast of what we're going to be getting because otherwise there's no way for us to really validate whether or not we're going in the right path. And the other thing, Patricia, I'm just going to add this one and then I'll turn over to you is we want to have what we do and what we don't do in the business plan as well, because way too many people get, oh look, squirrel, we have shiny object syndrome. <laughs> And we start going after. Why
1: are you talking to me here?
2: (laughs) Yes. But we end up going after quite a few different opportunities that don't make sense in our business. One of the things that I look at in my business is if it's something that is connected to my overall mission, then it makes sense as an opportunity to look at. In other words, Is it helping a business ultimately grow its bottom line? If it doesn't, I'm not going to go there. As an example, I'm not going to start selling greeting cards just because it may make sense to do it. Yes, you can make the argument, well, if you send thank you cards after you meet with every client, it's helping you ultimately gain loyalty, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, though, it's not something that I can really do because it's just going to take more focus away from what I need to do. So Patricia, with that, I'm going to ask you what else in your mind needs to be or not be in a business plan?
1: For me, a marketing plan.
2: But is a marketing plan part of a business plan or is that a separate document? I don't
1: know.
0: (laughs) Oh, I will say that uh, frequently a marketing plan is a separate document. However, there is a place in a business plan, especially if you're going to go to the bank yeah, And ask for any kind of a loan and they want to see the projections. They want to see what your marketing is too. So with that, uh, I'm going to support Patricia and say, yes, it belongs in the marketing plan or in the business plan. And Patricia, I'm going to let you talk more because this is definitely <laughs> your area of expertise. And I wanted to ask you this anyway, uh, doing the, the, all the marketing research. Uh, because you've got to figure out who your competitors are you've got to know what your market is in your area blah 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 all that kind of stuff and this is Patricia's area so yeah I want to hear more about this
1: well and the way that I like to do this is I like to use the lean canvas so if you google lean business model canvas uh, and you look for a Google draw template, you can find a, a, a real easy template to use. Um, and it walks you through who you're marketing to, uh, the, the top three problems that they have each segment, um, the solution to those problems. and And this can work either if you have you have a a customer segment in mind, and you're looking to create a solution for them. Or if you kind of have a solution and you're, you know, trying to fit pieces together, this way, you can work some of this stuff out on paper before you actually put money into marketing or product development or any of these other pieces. So customer segment, the problem, the solution, Um, key metrics. Oh, dear, I have a headline that's missing. Um, Basically, what the secret sauce is, um, the unique value proposition, the channels you're going to go through the cost structure and the revenue streams. So I discovered this when I got a copy of what was it lean startup iterate from plan a to a plan that works and I can never remember the gentleman's the author's name because I can't pronounce it (laughs) (laughs) but if you google lean startup it's a book it's on Amazon and you should be able to come up with it Um, yeah and so I like to go through this from a marketing point of view and I've been able to take a really abstract idea, and come up with really unique value propositions—things that you know, problems that this segment has, you know, especially with in relation to what I might be doing or thinking of doing—and come up with some innovative solutions for it. You—you you, you can't come up with solutions if you don't have the problems articulated. But when you do that, then you can come up with a really unique value proposition and you can really, you know, you can, A, compare it to what other businesses like that are doing, and B, then you can come up with something that's really unique and can really set you apart. Let
2: me ask you, if you're looking at coming up with the problems... So you can then develop that unique approach to coming up with a better mousetrap, if you will. What are some of the things, though, that you really should be looking at? Like, how do you realize that there's really a hole that you can plug in the market for what it is that you're doing?
1: Helps if you have direct experience in that, that setting. So, you know, let's say we're marketing a dentist's office. What are problems that you personally have had in working with dentists over the years, right? Um, we've all been to It's just an example. Um, one problem that I have had is that the technician was trying to get me to do things And the way that she was trying to get me to do it was to berate me. And I'm sorry, if you want me to do something, you don't berate me. It's abusive for me. And they ended up dumping me because I complained about it. Now, isn't that a problem? (laughs) I mean, to shortcut one's salesmanship, (laughs) throw it out the window, use abuse, and then dump the clients that can't put up with it. That's a fine. How do you do? Some of us just can't do that.
2: <laughs> I think if I'm looking at a dentist office, one of the things that I would certainly be selling to every dentist office is the little block that goes in the mouth that helps the t- the jaw stay open, just to reduce the TMJ issues. Because not everyone has TMJ, but when you have to keep your mouth wide open long enough for them it to do, whatever really hurts it is, your
0: jaw. It's yes. gonna hurt. Yeah. Well, and it's so easy to look for little things like that. So, Jennifer, you're asking, how can you find the hole in the services that others provide? And uh, Patricia could probably speak to this more, but somehow you've got to do that marketing study of all your uh, competition as well. So this particular business that I was looking at, uh, all of the competitors had websites. So it was real easy for me to go to their websites and read their websites about services that they provided. Which in most cases, most cases were practically non-existent, uh, <laughs> meaning the services they provided. They offered one basic service, and so every single one of the comp- the competitors in this industry looked exactly the same. There was nothing to differentiate them one from another. So when I started to do that analysis and started to stack all these competitors <laughs> side by side to see what services they offered, and found there were Next to none, it was real easy to say, oh, well, if we even just added one additional service, we would create a huge market uh, differentiator. Uh, but not only that, I've got 10 that I could add.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, then you have people, businesses who are actually offering services that could differentiate them, but they don't talk about it. It's like mm-hmm. it's not on their website. It's not in any of their materials. You have to actually talk to these people. And in
0: that case, in the customer's mind, it doesn't exist.
1: It doesn't exist. <laughs> it's an apple to apple kind of so comparison. So jump on it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: If you're doing something, even if you even if, even if your competitors are doing it, but they're not talking about it, talk about it. I mean, mm-hmm. this goes back to the old. Oh, which beer company was it? example where the 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 famous consultant came in to a they were what number 10 or 12 in the in the listings in 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 market share um and they showed him the whole process and they said well everybody does this how it's not you know specific to just us everybody does this purification process but nobody else was talking about it so they talked about it And it differentiated them in such a way that they rose from wherever they were, 10 or 12, to like one or two. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's another really famous story just like that of a car dealer who told all of his clients, this car, if you hold down the cruise up button, will go up by five miles an hour without you having to go one by one up five miles if you wanted to increase the speed and everyone thought oh my god this is the only car that can do that because no one else ever told me that that can't be done right and
0: wait, wait you can do that
2: <laughs> daniel i know as soon as we're done you're gonna go in your car and you're gonna go test it out
0: so i work in japanese cars too
2: <laughs> but The idea, though, like you said, is what can you do different? What can you draw out that other people are not actually talking about that can really be making that difference, right? I mean, we're all looking for something that makes things easier for us, right? I mean, the first company that put cup holders in the back of the car was genius because before you had the kids fighting over everything, and now they even have their own cup holders, Until they start fighting over, (laughs) that's a whole other story. Shout I'm going to turn around the cart. Yeah, thank you, Dad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But as we look at where else we go, where do we start validating the information that is in the business plan? To really say well this makes sense because very often the financials and other information that go into a plan are completely forecast anyway i mean it's literally pulled out of thin air so how do we start validating that information before the bank comes back and says well Daniel, and I don't mean to pick on you, but Daniel, you're saying you're going to be doing a million and a half dollars inside of six months, but you're selling a $5 item. (laughs) How the heck are you going to get that much money?
1: Right. (laughs) You'd have to validate that against your market. You know, if you were wholesaling something at $5 and it was a high demand item that clients bought over and over and over, yeah, I can see that happening, you know. But if it's, you're selling to consumers and you don't have a real good channel set up as it is, I wanted just that number. Yeah. Well,
0: so yeah, to, to Patricia's point, uh, this kind of goes with something I was thinking of a moment ago. It's the whole, <clears throat> it's the whole effort of committing something to paper to actually articulate the, the thought and be able to expand on it. So like I was mentioning, it it was one thing for me to think that I was in business, but it's another to actually talk about it and commit it to paper and come up with the whole plan for it that forces you to think about things much more realistically. And as you're trying to write this out, type it out or whatever you're doing, uh, it forces you to think through things further and to think about things more critically, and you come to some of those realizations on your own of, oh my goodness, uh, so <clears throat> I, not only do I say I'm gonna make a million and a half in six months selling a $5 widget, um, but I also have to fill out this blank where it says I'll be making so many sales per month. So when I do that math, oh wow, yeah, where in the world am I gonna find that many customers that fast? Unless there legitimately is some kind of built in pipeline already. Uh, So that forces you to start to legitimize some of the or to validate some of that information already as you're talking. Uh, Other sources, hopefully you've got some kind of an advisor or a mentor that you're working with, uh, who can help you sort through some of those things already. And uh, Jennifer, I know you've got an affiliation with the SBDC, and that's a great place to reach out to somebody to do a once-over of your business plan before you go to the bank or before you uh, file your, your business with the state or anything. Uh, do you want to speak to that? Because uh, that is a great resource.
2: Thank you, and thank you for the plug. And absolutely, when you work with the Small Business Development Center, one of the things in addition to going to the bank is that they actually get you to the bank right? With the business plan. When you go through them for the business plan, the bank is going to take a much closer look at you simply because of the connection with the small business development center, as opposed to you coming in on your own.
0: Now, If I could interrupt real quick, you said they take a closer look at you. What you really mean is they're willing to take a look at you rather than say, yeah, yeah, whatever. You got a business plan, right? Because you've got that connection. So so not not to say, oh, I don't know about this business plan. We're going to have to take a closer look. (laughs) Right. They actually are willing to sit down with you much
2: more as opposed to walking in off the street simply because of that relationship. And so when you're working with the Small Business Development Center or you're working with SCORE organizations along those lines, it's going to Help you ultimately find the ways that you can really be looking at to be getting more in value for your business plan. And that's a great way for you to certainly get started, where they'll help you. I know the Small Business Development Center here in New Jersey, at least, has a tool, the Growth Wheel, that they use. And it allows you to be answering the questions that then go into your actual business plan. And so it starts opening up. More opportunities for you in that regard, for you to be having the right information in the plan that will then be validated against information when you go to the bank.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's a a great place to go to start to validate some of that information. To so circle back to your original question, yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
2: So as we wrap up our uh, conversation on business plans. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add here?
0: I'll throw in that uh, when I did this business plan recently, I downloaded the template from SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives, uh, which is affiliated with the SBA and the SBDC. And it's a great template. Uh, It really guides you through creating a business plan. It's got great instructions. Uh, That's what I used. Uh, I did. There were some elements of a business plan I would not have thought of myself if the sections weren't there in that template that forced me to think about those things. So that really is a great tool to use. It's free. Uh, you can just do a Google search for that, too, the SCORE business template, and download that and use it. Um, so it, it will tell you about additional elements of a business plan that you may not have thought of, like, Um, the work history and biographies of the the owners, the potential owners and the officers of the company. I never would have thought to put that in there, but that was good to know to add that too.
2: Milestones also are Mm -hmm. important to be in there as well, while we're talking about owners and biographies. So um, if it's an organization that was already in existence, and it's something new that you're going into, milestones. You started here, you got your first customer here, you got your first 100,000 here, your first million here. Things along those lines become important to go into the plan as well um, so that anyone who's looking at you is going to have a better idea. And that goes for an investor deck, a resource deck, and a business plan in terms of that kind of information. Patricia, anything else that you wanted to add
1: and it all starts with the notes on the back of a napkin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and the reason I said this is because before we started the recording, Daniel was saying, oh, it should just be on the back of a napkin. <laughs> well, there I is
2: know. a one-page business plan template, too. Yes. But <laughs> it doesn't give you the kind of information that you're really looking at. Right. Yes. Yep. <laughs> So, as we wrap up our conversation on business plans, it's really super important to keep in mind, like we started out with, your business plan is not a once and done uh, piece of paper or document. It also is not only to go to the bank to ask for money, it's a document that is going to be with you throughout the life of the business. It may even include how you may want to be looking at selling the business. Certainly an exit plan of some sort is in the business plan, but whether it's through sale, it's through mergers, it's through whatever it may be, might be something else in the plan for you to be looking at. And so when you know exactly where you're going, you're going to be getting there a little bit easier. As they say, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. So you want your business plan to be something that is going to actually be there for you. And the logistics and mechanics of a business plan are extremely important to keep in mind as you're doing it. You know your business best. You know what you're going to be doing. It is your passion that is starting the business. It is not a consultant. It is not someone else that is out there that is going to be looking at, oh yeah, I can do this for you. And so when you're trying to be putting things together into a business plan, it's best if you do it and you then reach out to a consultant to review. On that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters. And until next time, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day.
0: It's the bottom line that matters.